Hello, and welcome back to Seen and Heard, updates for the modern dairy family. I'm Darby Toth, Technical Services Field Representative with Western United Dairies. And I'm Melissa Lima, North Coast and Organic Field Services Representative with Western United Dairies, and we're so glad to be back with you today. Uh, we're gonna, as we jump right in, I'm kind of going to go over a rundown of what we're going to talk about today. First, we're going to meet Lucas Denise, WUD's immediate past president and our current board secretary. Then we're going to go into an interview with uh, Vern Warnke, who's the Merced County Sheriff, talking about farm security and safety. And then Annie's going to join us with a market update. And Rochelle has phoned in with some great information from Lucheros University, California. We definitely had a, a great interview with Sheriff Warnke. He was so generous with his time, Darby. And boy, a lot of serious information, but definitely a great guy to visit with and learn from about the current situation um, of, regarding farm safety here in California. I agree. And he really, he brought up a lot of points that I think producers don't necessarily think about, about how they can really structure their operations to protect the people that they have there working. Well, we're really glad to have you back, Darby. Um, after last week, we really missed you, but we knew you were working on those AMP grants and trying to wrap them up. And that's, that's quite a big push there towards the end. So congratulations on getting that done. And just if, Producers are thinking about doing AMP grants. Do you want to give us a little rundown of kind of what the process looked like and maybe what they should think about um, if there's a funding round in the future? Yeah, sure. Um, my hair is all still here, so we all survived. <laughs> AMP grants are submitted. Um, I think the one who really has to be worried about losing his hair over it is Paul. He submits a lot more than me, and he's kind of my bounce back. So any questions I have, he kind of he helps me through them. This is only my second round. Um, It'll be interesting to see moving forward next year with all this stuff, how the budget revise is going to go, if we're going to have cap and trade funding. But if we end up being able to apply for AMP grants, the big, big thing um, is getting all of your information ready, getting your bids ready, and kind of knowing what kind of project you really want to do early on. The longer you wait, the more your hair wants to fall out, as does mine. Um, I think there's a lot of permits and stuff that can really – can really be helpful if you get all your stuff done earlier, you can get your permits and that all scores into a point system for the grant application. So really it's, it's about preparedness, but I'm glad to be wrapped, wrapping up with that and ready to move on to the next thing. Yeah. Lots to look forward to this summer as far as, you know, getting out, hopefully back onto dairies and working with producers on, on different types of things, <laughs> those AMP grants behind us. I agree. I turned in my mileage this month to the office and I had zero driving miles for work. So yeah, ditto. I'm ready to be back out. I know. I think we all are missing cows and especially missing dairymen at this point in time. Yeah. So we'll jump right in with um, Annie. Annie sent us a great market update this week and then we will um, go from there. Like I said, we have a, a little bit of a shorter podcast this week, but some really great information and we hope you enjoy. So take it away, Annie. Hey, glad to be here. Thanks, uh, ladies. So I will jump into our weekly market update. So this past week was not much different than last, and USDA dairy commodity prices continue to go down. 
One pleasant difference, though, is that some commodities stop their declines at the CME. And so if you recall, CME prices don't go into California pricing formulas, but they tend to uh, present an indication of where USDA prices are headed. And so CME block cheese prices was one of those who stopped declining this week. They were actually up 17 cents from last week. Now, we have to remember they settled at a dollar two per pound last week, which was really low. Um, so now they stand at $1.19 per pound. It's still below USDA's $1.22 price, but a slowdown in the decline means that um, USDA price decline should also get to a slowdown, which is good. Outside the United States, the cheese price remains stronger. In particular, if we look at the Oceana cheddar price, it was reported at $2.04 per pound in Dairy Market News' latest report. The CME spot butter also managed an increase in the last week. The price climbed six cents to $1.18 per pound. So now it's above uh, USDA prices. That's $1.12. So this also means we could be looking at a slight improvement perhaps in the next few weeks on the USDA butter price. Butter prices in Europe are in line with our prices, averaging $1.12 per pound, according to Dairy Market News. USDA's non-fat dry milk price lost 4.64 cents this week to 88 cents uh, per pound. CME prices sadly continued their decline though, losing two cents and they're now standing at 80 cents a pound. The unpleasant trend is also observed abroad. So according to Dairy Market News survey, the average skimmel powder price in Oceana dropped 11 cents in the last month. And um, despite that though, it's still a bit higher than ours at $1.12 per pound. Europe though is not doing um, quite as well. And is just in line with our price at 80 cents a pound. The USDA dryway price dropped a small 0.18 cent to 30 cent, 37 cents, 0.12 uh, per pound. And this marked the ninth consecutive week in the 37 cent range. So at least, you know, a little bit more stability. Um, and this kind of environment is definitely welcomed. So with a significant price drop coming to milk checks in April, uh, we haven't seen those yet, but April's milk price will be quite a bit lower than March. And there's also been a lot of requests by processors to curb milk production. It's not surprising to see that cattle slaughter was up in recent weeks. And so in particular for Region 9, which you know includes California, Arizona, Nevada, and Hawaii, dairy cattle slaughter in the last few weeks was up an average 26% year over year. So this concludes my market update for this week. And I'm going to pass it back on to Darby and Melissa. Thanks for listening. All right. Thanks for that update, Annie. We are going to jump right in with Lucas, WUD's immediate past president and our current board secretary. We are so pleased to be able to welcome Lucas Denise to the podcast today. Lucas is the immediate past president for Western United Dairies and is currently serving as our board secretary. Lucas, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Lucas, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your family dairy in Petaluma? Well, sure. Um, um, partners with my father on uh, Denise Dairy in Petaluma. Uh, our family's been here since 1946. We are a um, organic and conventional dairy. We have a split herd, um, two milk tanks. I'm married, got three kids, and uh, a generation, and hopefully Terry's the fourth. Great. And we, we know Darren's probably been out there hanging out with you a lot more these days since he's not in school, huh? Oh, absolutely. He's, he's working almost every day. Great. 
Well, we wanted to take the time, Lucas, to introduce you to our audience. And you've been serving Western United for quite a few years. Could you tell us a little bit about that service? Yeah, I've been on the board now for eight years. And uh, I served as an alternate before that for uh, several years. So my total service on the board, I think, has been about 10 years now. And uh, like you said, I uh, just recently, up until March, I was serving as the president of the organization for the previous two years. I served as vice president before that for three years. Uh, I've been fortunate enough to go through the I was in class two of the Western United Dairy Leaders Program uh, way back in the day and uh, thoroughly enjoyed that. So uh, really enjoyed all my time that I've spent um, with Western United Board and, and working with all the great people in the organization and the other board members. Well, we sure appreciate having you on the board, Lucas. We just your thoughtful insight and your patience with the process. Sometimes it's it's tough, but we just really appreciate everything you bring to our organization. Thanks for all those years of service. It's hard because you're driving from quite a distance away to attend meetings and be involved. Sure. Um, well, Lucas, I'm wondering if you could share with us a little bit about what has kind of been the new normal you've adjusted to on the dairy over the last few weeks. Can you share with us anything about how COVID-19 has affected your farm or the way that you interact with employees? Sure. Um, I think the, probably the, the biggest impact and the most um, stressing has been the price, the milk price. Um, like a lot of other uh, dairy farmers throughout the state and the country, uh, we've been cut back in how much we can ship organically. Um, we've been cut back 20%. Wow. Uh, obviously, yeah, it, it's, a, it's a huge impact. Um, because of that, I have been forced to make a lot of different decisions. We're doing everything we can to, to dry cows, cull cows, um, things of that nature, changing the feed ration. Uh, I've kept on all my employees, uh, trying to, to keep them all in job. Uh, gloves have always been provided. Um, we, we are providing masks for the employees. Uh, if they, if they them, they're there. Use. I think everyone has, you know, been very cautious, um, as far as their social distancing and, and uh, staying away from, from others this time. So I, I think, you know, that is one benefit to having the, the on-farm housing is that, that people, you know, during this time is, I think we have been able to really limit our, our exposure to, to the For rest sure. of the community, so. Yeah, well, good. Um, do you have anything you'd like to share with members about what's going on now or just anything related to Western United um, that you'd like members to know or, or, you know, questions they might have? Boy, that's a good question. <laughs> um, you know, obviously, with my involvement in West United through a very, you know, a, a number of years, I think I can see the value that Western really brings to, to our farm. Um. I think, you know, we, I see the value in the advocacy 
that we're involved with on the local, state, and national levels. Um, mm-hmm. You know, being involved with lawmakers and regulators and, and working towards getting better um, solutions and opportunities and, and fixes for problems for dairy farmers. And I think even above and beyond the advocacy efforts that we're, we're constantly a part of, I see a lot of value in the things that Western does for farmers on, that we can do on farm today that have an immediate instant impact from, you know, helping members with environmental regulations and, um, and those uh, permitting and regulatory processes, um, economic analysis and milk price analysis that can be done by, by Annie or economist um, so that you can make, you know, on-farm decisions um, and, and keep track of, of where the market's heading um, uh, the Lacheros program that will help with, you know, finding, you know, pre-qualified employees, pre-screened uh, qualified employees, um, you know, the, the work that we're doing with um, labor laws with Anthony Ramundo and the service and the value that that can bring to our members. Um, and then just the, the help of, of our field staff that we have that can, you know, that you can call anytime and, and get, you know, advice or help on just a whole, you know, list of, of different issues. So um, I've been very fortunate that with my involvement in Western that I can see the value of that uh, every day. I hope that our other members out there um, will take those opportunities to take advantage of those programs so they can better see the value. And then, you know, if, if there's people out there that, um, you know, that aren't members, I would strongly say why not uh, join Western because, like I said, I think a lot of that to be had and for your buck. So, you know, I'm very proud to be to be part of a, a great organization, in my opinion. Well, thanks so much, Lucas. That's really that's really awesome of you. And it's I know as a field rep, it's certainly our pleasure to be able to work with you guys. And but I think the fact that you know we're we're here, and I know you as a board member are here for members, and we just welcome them to call us, um, any of their staff or board members, if they just need to talk. No, absolutely, and I think that's another key point. You know, is accessibility. You know, you can call a board member anytime. Um, you can call a staff member, a field staff, and get they'll get back to you in a very timely manner and, and help you with whatever you need. So that, that's another very important part, I think, of, of Western and the services that we provide. Definitely. Well, thanks so much, Lucas. I know you're really busy out there on the farm, especially this week. Feed season's starting oh, to pick up and always. things are moving. <laughs> so thanks so much for taking the time and um, we'll look forward to talking to you again soon, Lucas. Absolutely. Thank you for having me, Melissa. I appreciate Take it. Take care. Okay. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Well, thanks so much, Lucas, for taking time to visit with us today. We know you're very busy on the farm. Next up, Darby and I, as we mentioned earlier, had a chance to sit down and have a phone conversation with Sheriff Byrne Warnke from the Merced County Sheriff's Department. Sheriff Warnke, as you'll hear, has many, many years of experience in a rural county and wanted to chat with us about what they've been seeing in their county and, and what's kind of reflected across the state as far as rural crime issues. 
We're so pleased to welcome Merced County Sheriff Fern Warnke to the podcast. Sheriff Warnke began his law enforcement career in 1979 and has served as Sheriff of Merced County since 2014. He brings extensive knowledge of rural crime issues, and unfortunately, recently his office has been actively involved in several crime issues. He's here today to give us an update on what's been going on in his county and how dairymen in Merced and statewide can better prepare their farms for this growing issue. Thank you, Sheriff Warnke, for taking time out of your, I'm sure, very busy schedule to be here with us today. Well, you are very welcome, and thank you for the invite. You're right, there's been a lot of happenings going on in our county, as in every other county in this state. Um, I'd like to uh, you know, get started, so ask your questions. Well, Sheriff Warnke, can you give us a quick rundown to start off with of what you've seen in recent years and I think probably um, more compounded in recent weeks as far as increases in rural crime issues? Well, the increases, in my humble opinion, I got 41 years this September uh, star around and it all focuses around our illustrious leaders in Sacramento who keep... uh, allowing our bad guys to get away with uh, almost murder, you know, by them reducing the penalties based upon thefts, it's encouraging these guys to go out and uh, know that there's hardly any consequence behind it. And the unfortunate part is, is in our rural com- communities, such as Merced County, we have a lot of high dollar equipment um, in and about that, you know, that can't be secured. We've got uh, dairymen and milkers and stuff that are out and about uh, on the property and uh, my honest uh, opinion is is a lot of this problem starts there by the laws that are being made uh, for lack of punishment absolutely we've seen an increase i'm from humboldt county and it's just been crazy and compounded every time it seems like one of these new laws takes effect for sure i agree wholeheartedly uh, <laughs> You know, it's tough business uh, going out and protecting folks. But, you know, the only way that we can deter crime is to have a punishment that fits uh, for a deterrent. You know, it's like when you have children, if uh, them getting a timeout is good enough deterrent for them uh, to not do it. But occasionally the spanking is warranted. So and if they know that that spanking is coming, that'll help them, too. So and it's no different than our adult criminals that realize they're not going to get spanked. Yeah, that's a similar sentiment. I have a a dad who's a highway patrolman and then family who dairy in uh, Merced County. So I hear both sides of that for sure. Well, I was going through the list of uh, topics here. And, you know, one of the things that we, we, our our dairymen, our, you know, almost any business out there is is I, I saw something about employees wearing a panic button. Well, the key word on that is panic. So what we've Let's get away from that word. I think that a, a, a trained area, uh, we train people if we actually have them practice some of these things and so that they know what to do if something bad happens, this waiting till something bad happens and then hoping that they respond correctly uh, doesn't work real well. So, you know, that's why we go out and about. I've got a specialized team that goes out and helps schools train for active shooters praying to God that nothing like that ever happens. But if you train for it, at least you know what to do when it happens. Can you prevent it? I think you can slow it down. Can we prevent the crimes on the dairies? Probably not. But what we can do is train our personnel to react properly, give them some training. And uh, I think that that would be uh, a lot.
carrying a panic button, you know, have some kind of alarm, but let's take the word panic out. Let's, let's get our folks trained and let them know that they, they can actually control some of these situations. Well, just like a, a fire drill or an earthquake drill in schools, we can definitely um, encourage our producers to, to get the right information on how to train their employees to just prepare for these things that we hope never happen during their working shift. Exactly. And if they have plans worked out, uh, you know, like this tragic incident that happened at the dairy uh, a week or so back where a man lost his life and uh, the other workers there they went into panic mode and um so it's just a matter of uh you know let's get let's get some training done and it doesn't have to necessarily be a bad guy it could be uh, an electrical fire don't panic but i'm just curious in addition like what kind of forms of of preparation and training do you think we could recommend to producers who want to really you know, kind of get behind taking the panic out of things and making sure their employees feel confident and competent to handle different situations. Well, uh, I, I'm a strong uh, proponent for concealed carry, uh, but what folks need to realize, they do not need a permit on private property. Uh, if the landowner is there, uh, they can carry a gun without a permit as long as it's on their personal private property and they can allow whoever they want on their property to carry a gun as long as they meet the criteria. In other words, no convicted felons. But carrying a gun comes with a lot of responsibility. And again, when you get a CCW or concealed carry permit, it is uh, got a lot of training to do with it. So again, you want to protect yourself. I'm a strong advocate. Don't be a victim. That's why people want to carry uh, concealed is they want to protect themselves. So that's one avenue to take. But if the landowner doesn't want that or the dairyman doesn't want that on their property, then come up with some other strategies. Like uh, if you've got multi-employees, make sure that they're in common areas uh, paired up, you know, have them you know, work in teams. So uh, somebody that's in a team is less likely to be attacked, although it does happen, but it's uh, you kind of protect each other that way. And it's just this strength in numbers theory. Absolutely. We notice on, in the dairy industry, we're always running on thin margins, it seems like. And I, I think in doing a little research, I found that there's some pretty inexpensive ways we can also improve or make, make our facilities maybe a little less attractive to the bad guys that are out there driving around, especially at night. Um, what, do you, what would you recommend as far as lighting, maybe putting cameras up, different things like that? Is that helpful first of all, to deter criminals, but also once your agency, if they have to get involved, is involved. Well, I'll tell you, the uh, primary piece of evidence that we had on this last incident where the man lost his life was actually a very nice video. And we were able to track down a bad guy based upon that video. And having that helped us immensely. It didn't prevent the crime, but it sure helped us uh, work closer to getting it solved. If you're going to do the camera systems, you spend the extra money and get the good stuff and uh, so that it's clear. I've seen a lot of camera systems out there that you get the film back and it's real grainy and you can't identify anything. This camera system at this last dairy was so clear we could actually pinpoint uh, different markings on the bad guy and come up with an identification. So it does help. Lighting is also an issue. Uh, a lot of folks don't want to put lighting up. Well, you know what? Make it look like a stadium if that's what's going on because bad guys don't want lit areas. Uh, you know, so if they're going after property, that's what they're going to do. Now, this last one was, I'm going to call it kind of an anomaly, is that this guy didn't care. He's uh, psychologically, I think he's not all there. However, uh, it, 
it would have helped, I think, matters a little better had there been a second person in that barn with the, the worker. So you're talking about lighting and cameras, and that's all self-explanatory and actually very sound advice. But the other things that you can do on equipment uh, that we've recovered equipment, GPS tractor, uh, trackers, it's helped us a lot. Um, having identification numbers, you can get your personal identification number through uh, the Ag Commissioner or uh, worst case scenario, put your driver's license number on there because of that way we can trace it. But do not use your social security number because it does us no good. We can't, uh, social security will not help us. You know, I recovered when I was in detectives back in the 80s, I recovered probably $10,000 of money then in equipment and it, the guy had his social security number on there and we couldn't trace him. So help us a little bit. If we can't prevent the crime, at least help us try and solve it. Definitely. There's some good programs out there that dairy producers can call their local law enforcement departments to get help identifying items on their farms and things like that, putting certain identifying numbers. So we've recommended that for a long time. And if they need more information, I, I would say reach out to us or definitely local your local sheriff's department. Exactly. There's a product out. It's called Smart Water, and that is cutting edge technology. And uh, we've actually seen some help with just even putting signs up because you can't see this stuff. And if you know where to look and we find it, we can actually trace it back to that person because it's like uh, genetically engineered DNA uh, out of chemicals. And you can put it on an object and it'll stay on that object for like five or seven years. So there's, there's several options out there. Do some research. I've got a crime investigator here at the sheriff's office. So if you're in Merced County, uh, get a hold of us. We'll send somebody out and, uh, run you through a, a bunch of different options. Um, that's super helpful. I think like it's really important for our producers to not only think about what's happening right this second, but to think about how they can do things long-term to better maybe restructure some things you talked about, having people work in pairs or just changing some things about their facility that can make things better for everyone in the long run. Um, is there any like appropriate signage or anything that's maybe not going to deter a criminal, but could help you all in an investigation further down the road? Anything else they should know in that? kind well, of Well, it should be common sense to, that people should know that if they're on somebody else's property, that trespassing and you shouldn't have to have a sign. But having a no trespassing sign would help. You know, I want to jump back just a skosh here with regard to our dairy barns, because a lot of our dairy barns are just open, open. You know, you can drive by there. Uh, you know, when I was a kid in high school in Hillmar, I worked on several dairies, milking cows, and the barns were always open. And if they were to come up with some kind of a way to uh, have some kind of doors to lock so to prevent just anybody from walking in, because that's where our dairies have been getting hit, is people are just able to walk into the barns from the street. So if we could do something to deter that, just to kind of help secure that down, uh, so that our workers are a little bit better protected and to have the cameras and some kind of a warning device. But if we actually could find a way to lock people out of the barn while it's being you know, worked in, like milking and so on, and still have access for our workers, maybe a redesign on how these barns are set up. Yeah, that's a super helpful thought. And, and that way they could also be locked down during you know, the day and night when no one is there to protect the equipment that's in there. A lot of times guys will store things like generators and other items that are pretty attractive to folks that might be driving by. And so it, it, that's, that's a very a... strong suggestion. And, you know, there's other things that can help uh, the cameras that are activated by motion sensors, you know, like our cameras in our law enforcement vehicles, 
when because the camera is technically running at all times but it's not really recording until you hit the lights and then what it does is the previous 30 seconds that's what we've got it set up the previous 30 seconds is then captured and then the recording is from there so technology can help it can help warn if you have uh, motion sensors out where you think nobody should be and while you have people on the barn or in the barn then have those motion sensors set up to some kind of a, an activation device, uh, an alarm, so to speak, or some kind of a warning device saying, hey, somebody just crossed this perimeter and there shouldn't be anybody there. There's a, there's a lot of different ways that technology can definitely help. Great. Well, we, again, want to thank you, Sheriff Warnke, for joining us today. And just do you have any other information you'd like dairy producers or the public who might be listening to know about what's been happening and how they can take steps to protect their farms or their homes? I know that there's a lot of frustration. You know, one of the things that would help us is if you've got a concerned area, we do extra patrols if we know that there's a problem. But please report it. Uh, we've got a lot of frustrated ranchers, dairymen. That they're saying, oh, what can be done? I had my quad or my trailer stolen. They can't find it, you know, but at least let us know, even if there's not a possible way that we can track it down. But at least it lets us know that there's a trend going on, because I really feel that there's a lot of unreported crimes going on just by uh, the fact that I've talked to a lot of dairymen. They say, why should I call it in? You can't do anything. Well, at least it lets us know. And so we can re refocus some of our resources to that problem if we know that there's a problem. Uh, like I tell people, my crystal ball doesn't work real well. So you got to give us a call. Great. Well, thank you so much. Uh, everything you shared with us today is going to be super helpful to our dairy producers. And we just appreciate everything you guys and all of our first responders are doing during this crazy time and always, but uh, you know, times like these really highlight the hard work that you guys put in and the long hours on behalf of keeping our community safe. So thank you so much. Well, for thank all of that. you so much for the kind words. And uh, it's a, it's a, it's labor of love from most of us here. And it's definitely like for me, I've got 41 years doing this and I, I can't see quitting yet. So uh, I appreciate the kind words. Thanks, Sheriff Warnke. Thank Take you. care. Thank you. Hello, dairy members in all districts. Hoping everyone is doing fine and taking care of yourselves. The month of April went by so fast, but a new month with sunny days is coming upon us. My name is Rochelle, and I'm with Western United Dairies and Lecheros Unidos de California, and I'm here to give you my Lecheros program update for this last week of the month. The following we have these positions that experienced employees are waiting to be placed on a dairy in these areas of California. Madera, milkers and feeders, Merced and Sherlock, milkers, Modesto, milkers, and outside dairy laborers. Once more, my name is Rochelle, and please do not hesitate to contact us with your labor needs at our office number, 209-527-6453 or via email on r-a-s-h-e-l-l at w-u-d-a-i-r-i-e-s dot com. Let us help you take some stress off your plate and help you find the workers you need. Thank you and have a nice day. Well, certainly a good episode today, Darby. Um, we're so thankful for everybody that contributed, and we thank our listeners for tuning in. We have some exciting things on the docket in the next couple of weeks. We're hoping to get together with our friend Tony Ramondo to talk about some legal advice and some labor-related issues that have come up over the last few weeks and months. And, and we know Tony loves to chat, so we're really looking forward to getting a chance to visit with him. 
and just uh, continuing to meet our board members, meet our executive committee, and keep updating you guys on all things California dairy. Exactly. And we have some exciting things that have happened this week as well, just to dock them right here at the end. Some of our members, Cody Nicholson, Nicholson Stratton and Lynn Giacomini Stray, participated in a panel discussion with the Sacramento Press Club about the supply chain and how farmers and restaurants are adapting to what we're calling our new normal. This can be viewed up on our Facebook page. Yeah, and then um, Friday, May 1st, Anya, our CEO, Anya Radabaugh, was part of a panel discussion with Cal Matters. They also discussed supply chain issues and how agriculture can move through this situation we're in. And, and so that's a really great thing to check out if you can just also check out our Facebook page for more information there. And then finally, we have some members, Erin Nutter, Tyler Ribeiro, Maureen Lemos, Jennifer Beretta, and Nicole Morris. They've been hosting virtual farm tours as part of a partnership between California Milk Advisory Board and the Dairy Council of California. These tours are being held every Tuesday, Friday until June 5th. Uh, for more information on how your family and friends can access this great learning opportunity or to register for a session, you can visit healthyeating.org backslash virtual dash field dash trip. And we'll put that in the show notes as well. Yeah, we're, we're really excited for those guys. It's going to be a fun, fun couple of weeks touring their dairies. Um, once again, you know, check us out. We're on Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts. And as always, you can listen straight from our website if you don't want to download those apps to your smartphone please subscribe, rate, review us, give us your feedback. Um, as always, feel free to give us a shout out in an email. Um, you can email either Darby or I. I'm M-L-E-M-A at wudairies.com. And I'm Darby, D-A-R-B-Y at wudairies.com. And of course, you can reach us at wud dot pod at gmail.com that's wudpod at gmail.com and we'd love to hear your content requests questions and feedback yep have a great week everyone special thanks to western united dairy's 2020 business sponsors gar bennett california dairy magazine fnr ag services farm credit alliance Moss Energy Works, and Yosemite Farm Credit. We appreciate our sponsors and thank them for their continued support. If you'd like more information about how to sponsor Western United Dairies or this podcast, please send us an email at info at woodairies.com. That's I-N-F-O at W-U-D-A-I-R-I-E-S dot com. 